Welcome to Ghostly. So, Rebecca, I thought we'd just start this off by talking about something ghostly that happened to us since our last ghostly episode. Oh, Pat, it was, uh, it was, yeah, it was a little creepy. Do you want to tell them about it? Okay, so we were at a, a party with other podcast people. A bonfire. A bonfire. Yes. Um, that we Some podcast people, some not podcast That's people. That's true. I guess there are some people that were there that were not podcast people, but a lot of them were. Yes. Anyway, so we roasted marshmallows, all the classic fall things, or summer, really, I guess, summer. <laughs> My brain is already to fall. Uh, anyways, so we were leaving said party, and everyone at the party was at the bonfire. There was not a person that was at the party that wasn't at the bonfire that we had just left. And as we were leaving this like kind of, I don't know, not really a farm, but it was out in the middle of nowhere surrounded by farms. So it's kind of felt farmish. Uh, we were approaching this building and something said, hello. Yeah. And then that was it. No one jumped out. No one like, oh, ha, 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 that was me. Mm-hmm. Like nothing. Well, I laughed and then I said, hello but it never replied back to me. No. Like, and it was clear. It wasn't like, oh, that was wind that just sounded like the word hello. Like, yeah. it said hello. <laughs> and the strangest thing was, is it sounded like one of the people that were at the bonfire. It sounded like her voice saying yes, it. Yes, it did. But she was still talking to somebody else behind us. Like, right. Probably like 100 feet behind us. Oh, yeah. Us. Like, not like, yeah, not f- close. Yeah, it was really crazy. So I'm not going to lie, it was a little creepy. Yeah. Um, but nothing else happened, so I don't know, you know. I'm just saying I'm glad I don't live there. Yeah. Because there's something there. Okay. It was freaky. Well, maybe we need to bring out some EVPs or something next yeah, time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. I don't think that he would support that, though. No, no. That's that's yeah. probably true. The person that was hosting the party, Nick Mataragas, is a hardcore skeptic. He's definitely hashtag team skeptic. He probably is. more hashtag team skeptic than even me. Yes, I think that's probably true. It's possible. Yeah. <laughs> In other ghostly news, we found out the date and time that we will be at Elgin Fringe Festival. It'll be Saturday, September 14th at 6 p.m. And we will be bringing some special friends from Bob After Dark with us. Yay. Yeah. Uh, if you're in the area, it would be great to have you come out to the show and be part of it with some questions or feedback. And if not, we will, of course, put it up here as an episode. Yep. So this is Elgin Fringe Festival in Elgin, Illinois. Because you know, Illinois. We, uh, you know, for us, we're like it's in Elgin. Yeah, like not, everyone knows. Yeah, not Elgin, North Dakota, right? <laughs> right. So <laughs> it's a suburb uh, of Chicago. Yes. Uh, it's where my my mom grew up, and I still have some family there. So I'm very excited to be able to go go there. I know the town and a city really. Yes. Um, and it's gonna we it's gonna be fun. It is going to be fun, and we will be telling some Elgin-specific ghost stories. Yes, definitely. So we're really excited about yeah, that. And it's actually, I mean, at least to see us, it's a pretty cheap date night. Um, it's a couple bucks to get into the festival itself, and then we are charging $0 yep. to get into our show. Absolutely. Uh, some of the other shows might charge a couple bucks um, to get in How to see them. How dare they? I know. 
right? <laughs> what do no, they think they, they are? It. No, they're artists. They need Su- money. Yeah, definitely support <laughs> support the local artists. Definitely. Yeah. But um, can I tell you, I'm one thing that I'm super excited about what? is that we're gonna be at the Blue Box Cafe. Yes. And it's called the Blue Box Cafe. Why? Doctor Who. Ooh. It's a Doctor Who, Who themed coffee shop. Who? The Doctor. The Doctor. Yeah. Okay. The Doctor Who is is a TV show that sci fi oh. nerds like me enjoy. Oh yeah, I'm not a nerd, so I yeah, know no, I'm that. I'm the nerd, no, I'm just, and uh, <laughs> I am probably more of a nerd than you are actually. <laughs> Ooh, we could have a nerd off. Uh-huh. Uh, but anyway, so it's uh, it's, I'm super super excited. So if you're a Doctor Who fan, um, you should also come check it out just for that. Absolutely. Yes. So today we have a really great episode for you filled with all the spookiness you could imagine in a ghostly episode. Yeah, no, the, like there's ghostly episodes and then there's ghostly episodes. This is definitely a ghostly episode. <laughs> is it a ghostly episode or a ghostly? Ghostly. It's okay. Filled Hello. with ghosts. Yes. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Okay, so we will be talking about Marie Laveau, the voodoo queen of New Orleans. Woohoo! But first, let's talk about last week's episode a little bit. Uh, how did we do with the polls? Well, we had a fair number of votes. Oh, okay. That's always good, right? Yes, it is. So the question was, is, Chica- uh, is Chicago haunted by those who lost their lives in the Eastland disaster? That's a pretty fair question, I would say. 31% said yes, the ghosts are there. Whoa. 69% said no. Wow. I, Again, I want another one? Yes. I didn't even debate last time. The skeptics believed. We didn't even have a debate. You were, so yeah. maybe I should just be quiet the whole episode, and then I'll win every <laughs> single time. Well, maybe uh, maybe Tony did your work for you. Oh he yeah, kind of yeah. Secretly planted. Tony's really good, but he's hashtag team believer, and in I fact, he voted. He, he voted on that one that he was hashtag team believer. So those of you that you know were skeptical, I don't know what you're thinking because the guy who does these tours all the time thinks that there's ghosts. Yeah. So I want to thank you, hashtag Team Skeptic, for coming through again this week for me. But remember, it's not just about who wins. It's about thinking things out and questioning everything. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) But come on, hashtag Team Believers. I know that you're being lazy about voting because you think we always win. No, we don't always win. We've lost two in a row. So come on out. Okay. Vote. Friday or Saturday, hope I'm thinking Saturday, I'm going to put out that poll because I think that's the best day. Yeah. And yeah, you blamed it on it coming out Friday. I'm blaming it on that, but show me- The money. That you believe. Oh. I think yeah. after today, I mean, uh, th- this episode. If there was going to be one story that I would believe in, I, I don't know. This one is very, very compelling. Yeah. Uh, especially New Orleans. We're going to get into all that, yeah. though. Anyway, So right. we have a little format change for Ghostly. Yes. We decided that we're going to start doing the ghost story before the history because it just kind of makes sense. I mean, we're a ghostly podcast, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, so we want to get that ghost, ghost stuff started. Yeah. Let's get it started. Yeah. So, Rebecca, are you ready to tell us a spooky Marie Laveau story? I am. All right. All right. So... This is not, you know, uh, this is, again, me writing up a ghost story, kind of an homage. So like how most ghost stories are made, by somebody just making it up? Uh 
<laughs> this is an homage to the real stories that okay. have been told by people out there. Okay. Just kind of set the mood. Right? Set it. Okay. You and your friends have come to New Orleans to celebrate. It's someone's birthday and someone else just finished a degree. You're out every night on Bourbon Street drinking and having fun with everyone else. Then one night you see a woman walking calmly among the boisterous crowd. She has a basket full of trinkets and little bags. You ask her about the bags. She says they are Grigri bags. Magical substances help you get your wish. Would you like one? You don't know why, but you just can't say no to her. She walks away before you can even pay her for it. And when you look up, she's gone, faded into the night. You put the bag in your pocket and soon forget about it and the woman as you party the night away. The next day, you find the bag in your pocket and decide to take a walk. You don't have a plan. Just start walking to explore the city. As you walk down St. Anne Street, you suddenly feel compelled to stop in front of an old house, (laughs) though they're all old here. You take out your bag, hold it tight in your hand, and think about that dream of yours, closing your eyes and meditating on your wish coming true. When you open your eyes, the woman from the night before is sitting on the porch, a black cat on her lap. She stares right into your soul nods her head, and slowly fades away. Wow, okay. So that was that was a good ghost story, though, right? Yeah, I, well, I hope so. Wasn't, I wasn't wrote it. too scary or anything? No, but a little scary, though. Yeah. I mean, this is the kind of thing people, you know, will talk about. So like a little parts of different ones, but I, I put it together. You put it all together, yeah. summed it all up into mm-hmm. one. Yep. Just to give them a little bit before the debate. Yeah. Who is this woman? Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about that right after we take a short break. Sounds good. Hey, Rebecca, guess what? What's that? Well, you know how we want Ghostly to not only tell and debate great stories, but also to give back to those in need? We do. Yeah, well, I've discovered this new app called PodCoin that lets you donate to charities with a currency you earn just for listening to our podcast or any podcast. That's awesome. Yeah, on PodCoin, you earn their digital currency, PodCoin, just for listening to podcasts. That sounds easy. It is. You can then donate your PodCoin to charities who will get real money donations. And you can also choose to save your PodCoin over time and exchange it for other rewards like Amazon and Starbucks. That's great. Who doesn't like Starbucks? Um, I hope no one. Yeah. Because I love Starbucks. Yeah, they'll give you um, gift cards right cool. there. And you could donate those gift cards too. You could, yeah. So download PodCoin in the App Store or in Google Play and use our special code GHOSTLY to receive 300 PodCoins just for checking it out. Awesome. Yeah. All right, so we're back. Woohoo! Yeah, so New Orleans is an amazing city. Uh, walking through the French quarters really makes you feel as if you were in a different location, like a different country or something, or a completely other time period. 
and you could feel the magic dripping off of every building and every resident there. Ooh, every resident. I like it. Yeah. All the people walking amongst you, you just feel it feels like something different there. I know you weren't there since you were or you haven't been there since you were a child. I was going to say I don't know if we've talked about this. I know I yeah, I was only there when I was 12, so I yes. know that I did not experience it uh as fully. Yeah. Um but how about you? Oh, You've I've been there been... a lot. A bunch of bunch of times. Uh, I love New Orleans. Um, okay. It is definitely one of my favorite places to go. It feels like almost like a second home to me because I've been there so much. I started to know the bus schedule when I would go <laughs> to <laughs> the vacation there. Yeah, I started to know, okay, that's going to come at one o'clock. Wow. So we got to get there. Yeah. That's crazy. It is. So that's when I stopped going there as often because I was like, <laughs> no, this is starting to just not feel like a vacation anymore. Were you hard partying? Uh, I did some partying there. Ooh, yeah, I wow. would say in my day I did some partying, but okay. I'm not the biggest partier. You're not. That's why I'm I'm surprised. I was more there for the history. Okay, and more there for the lore Ooh, of New Orleans. So that is that what inspired you to suggest this episode? Yes. Okay. I actually went to New Orleans on Halloween once, and I went to the Voodoo Museum mm. and had a reading done. Nice. Where a woman gave me a reading based upon some bones that she had. Okay. Do you remember what she said? Yes. She said that we will be recording a ghostly episode. <laughs> no, she, <laughs> you know, she did the basic, it was like a cold reading kind of thing where she felt out what I was, you know, saying and what I agreed with and what I disagreed with. I, I don't think it was anything really serious, but it was definitely, it felt special to me to do that. Okay. So that's a, that's a skeptic story of getting a reading. <laughs> yeah, the skeptic side of it. So to understand fully who Marie Laveau was, we kind of have to look at what voodoo is and what it isn't. Because there's a lot of misconception about this, a lot of misunderstanding. Yeah, I mean, for me, I've just always thought of it as like scary, dark, yeah. Uh, there's the this old movie called The Serpent and the Rainbow, which is terrifying if you're looking for a good scary movie. And there's a bunch of voodoo in there that's super creepy. Well, I have experienced voodoo firsthand. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit. Ooh, yeah. exciting. So in about the, Pat Day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the time of Marie Laveau, there were a lot of slaves from Africa in New Orleans. Uh, they brought with them a form of what we now call voodoo, which was originally called voodoo. Mm -hmm. uh, also, there was a revolution in Haiti around that time that sent immigrants to America, including New Orleans. Now, New Orleans, um, the, the style of voodoo there is cl more closely related to the African form. Okay. But it does have some Haitian kind of overtones to it. Mm. So voodoo was oftentimes outlawed by the wealthy Christian politicians of the day. So a new form of voodoo came to be. It was called Louisiana or New Orleans voodoo, which mixed the African voodoo and the Haitian voodoo with a little Christian flair to it. They used a lot of Christian deities, a lot of saints. And stuff. I gotcha. So then it was like more acceptable, maybe. Yeah, or they could hide it more. Oh, that makes sense. A okay. lot of the voodoo songs that they would sing were sung to Christian um Christian music. Oh, and stuff, okay. Like that were gospel songs. I they gotcha. would also make them into voodoo songs. Oh, okay. In my experience with magic, which I have had some, I mean, I was pagan and I did uh, do, do a lot of spellcraft and stuff. Um, 
Yes, Mike's- yes, folks. You just heard Pat admit <laughs> that he's done spellcraft. Yes, I have. I have. I've done a lot of it. I have a I have a huge life behind me. Yeah, just, you, your minds are all just blown, yeah. and um, I, I know it's a lot to deal with. I think it's, we've covered it's this. Pretty shocking. I think you've we've talked about alluded. it. I don't think you've ever really talked about this part of you uh, before. Okay. Well, yes i I used to be pagan, um, and I as I said, I have nothing against pagans right now. It's just not my way. I believe that we all have different different paths to get to the same destination. And mine is just different. That's all. Do I need to be nervous? Like that you're going to do a spell on me or something? How do you know I haven't yet? Oh, my gosh. And I got you to co-host Ghostly with me. (gasps) People. (laughs) All right. So in my experience with magic, though, it is never purely white or black. There is no, you know, the good witch, the bad witch, there is nothing like that. Mm. Um, It's somewhere in between black and white. It's like a shade of gray. What that means, though, is that it's never 100% wholesome or 100% dark. When people do spell work, they they must often think of how this will affect not just themselves, but the people around them and the entire world that they live in. For instance, um, if I was to do a spell asking for money, where does that money come from? And how does it come to me? These are questions that I should ask myself. Oftentimes, there may be someone that loses money for you to gain money, but that's true in everything, right? That sounds like a Twilight Zone episode or something. No, it's very much not. It's very much not. It's very, I I want to demystify this whole entire thing. Um, You know, it's like if you go to church and you you pray, that is the equivalent to spells to, to a pagan. Whoa. Yeah, hmm, that is. I'm I'm not sure if all Christians would feel that way, but maybe. Well, I mean, it's praying to a different God. That's all in a different way. It's okay. using symbolism. It's it's a lot of symbolism. Hmm. And I'm sorry if I offended anybody by that, because there will be pagans that will say, "No, I totally am the white variety witch. I am this. I am that." In my experience, I'm only talking in my experience, and prayer is a form of spell work to a pagan. They they might do a spell that just involves a prayer. So interesting. Yeah. It's like the craft come alive. <laughs> Spellcraft is not this dark art that people believe it to be, nor is voodoo. Most voodoo rituals involve a lot of song and a lot of dance. What's wrong with song and dance? Nothing. Except if you're recording Footloose. You're not allowed to dance unless it's the <laughs> final scene, right? Uh, I've had the honor of attending a few voodoo rituals as well. When I was a pagan, the store that I used to buy my spell ingredients from was a voodoo store. Again, more. We're learning more mm-hmm. into the world, the history of Patrick. Yeah. This is insane. Well, it's it's a part of who makes me who I am today and and really is where this belief of stuff comes from and kind of why I started questioning things. Wow. So, yeah. That's pretty much it. I mean, I actually attended a ritual, a voodoo ritual in New Orleans before. Wow. Yeah, and Marie Laveau was not there, sadly. Oh, yeah, bummer. I've gone to her tomb. Okay. I've put my exes on on her tomb, which we're going to talk about. Wow. And yeah. Well, some someday maybe we'll have to go. You'll have to experience it one more time. 
with yeah, me. Yeah, well, can, absolutely. Uh, take me to the voodoo store. So in voodoo, they believe strongly in spirits, both good and bad, and they get advice from these spirits. That's basically what voodoo is. Now, there are some dark parts of voodoo. They do do some cursing and stuff, whereas a lot of Wiccans um, would believe that if they harm none, they can do as they want. That's not exactly the same thing in voodoo. Mm. But, I mean, we all kind of have done some kind of curse in our day where we wish somebody bad. Uh, I don't like that part of me, but I've, you know, sat there with teachers and stuff and go, man, I just... I just, you know, wish that they were sick today and couldn't do this test for me. Wow. You've never felt that way? Well, there was an old coworker that I really didn't like, so sometimes I suppose I wish she could get a taste of her own medicine, but then I would always remind myself, no, that's not good because whatever, then it's just going to happen to me. Yeah, karma. <laughs> karma. So it's really hard to do a history of Marie Laveau because her story is surrounded with a lot of legend and a lot of lore. Um, but I'm going to do my best to state some facts that are not argued about her life. Okay. Except for the first one. <laughs> <laughs> because I have Marie Laveau's birthday as September 10th, 1801. Mm. If you check 20 different websites about Marie Laveau, you're going to come up with 20 different birth dates. Yeah, and like her, I was looking up her parentage because I thought that was like a for sure thing. Yes. Yeah, no, it's like different on every site. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so we can't really, yeah. I was going to put it in the history and then I was like, nope, I can't because I don't know. Yeah, well, she was born a first generation free black woman in the French quarters. That is true. Yes, I, I know. I did the research <laughs> on this. Uh, so, she was um, her grandmother, I believe, was owned by a black what was owned by a black person. Oh, okay. Um, in those days, it was not unheard of for a free black person to buy their own slaves, and were typically kinder than white people were to their slaves. Mm. And Marie Laveau actually owned slaves as well. Oh, okay, even though she was a free black woman, mm. um, she married Jacques Paris Jacques. Jacques, Jacques Paris. Jacques Paris. And Jacques, a.k.a. Jacques Santiago. 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 <laughs> I, love, I love that name. Uh, so he was from Haiti. Their marriage certificate is actually in the St. Louis Cathedral in New Orleans. Ooh. So there is, there is proof of her existence. Documentation. All right. Let me also tell you this, too. While I was in New Orleans, I discovered that some people that are born on the bayou and in a lot of rural areas in New Orleans are undocumented. Meaning? Meaning they don't exist to the government. Oh, like they don't have a birth certificate? They don't have a birth certificate or a social security number or anything, and they live their whole lives without it. Yeah, that's that's not just in New Orleans. That's There's other places, a lot of off-the-grid yeah. parents will do that. I just read this book, Uneducated. Excellent book, but she did not have a birth certificate until she was like third grade or something. Well, it's crazy. I mean, the bayou is so removed from from the U.S. It feels totally like something different. Mm -hmm. um, so the marriage for Marie and Jacques, yes, Jacques Petty, mm -hmm. um, was short lived, though, 
and Jacques was marked missing. Dun, dun, dun. But the crazy thing is, is that the very day that he went missing, Marie Laveau started to call herself a widow. Ruh-roh. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe it was a little darker than, than what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to make ends meet, Marie Laveau became a hairdresser. This was probably one of her best moves that she ever did because what this did was this gave her access to not just um, to do hair for, for black people, but to do hair for some of the white people as well. And she would get information from this. And she would also meet people that would become her clients when she got into voodoo. Honestly, I think this is still true. It's still a good call to be a hairdresser. It's a great career. Yeah. You meet a lot of people. You get yeah. to rub elbows with people you wouldn't meet otherwise, hear a lot of great stories. And then, yeah, you could turn it into a voodoo practice where you blackmail people or claim to know things about them. <laughs> so are you condoning this? As a as a career specialist, are you saying that people should get into voodoo? No, I'm saying... That hairdressing, or, oh, okay. yeah, or being a, a salon owner, or salon <laughs> worker, whatever, Silas, that's the word I'm looking for, is not a bad career move. So <laughs> Marie used this information that she obtained when they became clients or when she got rival clients than when um, for her voodoo. So Marie Laveau's mother was most likely a practitioner of voodoo. We don't have documented evidence of that, but most likely it was kind of one of those things that was carried on from generation to generation and still is. Mm. It, it is very um, familial. Yeah. Yeah, it is very familial. Um, but Marie Laveau learned a lot of what she knew from, from a voodoo priest named Dr. John. Ooh. Sounds spooky, huh? Definitely. Dr. John. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to meet Dr. John. In Marie Laveau's practice of voodoo, she would often give advice to people and she would hold rituals that were for her parishioners that involved a lot of dancing and singing. But she also sold what I would call mojo bags. What did you call them? Gigi bags? Uh, yeah, Gigi or bags? Gree, 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 gree bags. Gree, gree bags, That's yes. That's what I had read. Same thing, mojo bags. It's the same thing. Um, that would help the person that bought it achieve certain goals like make money, win lawsuits, triumph over rivals, and whatnot. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Marie Laveau became famous because she did a lot of community charity work, and she was seen as a healer. She would nurse people with yellow fever. Yeah, that was a big outbreak, right? Yeah, there was a big yellow fever out outbreak, and Marie Laveau was not afraid to come in contact with these people where a lot of times people in these kind of diseases and stuff, people will shy away from them. It happened, you know, to us even recently with like Ebola and stuff like yeah. that. But she was not afraid. She would go right to these people and she would help heal them. She would post bail for free black women as well. Wow. Yeah, and she prayed with um, prisoners in their final hours. Mm. So... You know, in most accounts, she was a pretty decent human being. Most of the time, I mm -hmm. guess, unless she killed her husband, Jacques. Uh, right, we don't know. <laughs> so Marie Laveau was smart and charming and would use this information that she obtained to help her gain even further popularity and acceptance. She also used intimidation tactics when she had to. Oh. 
A lot of times in the courtrooms and stuff like that, because she did have a couple of court appearances. Okay. And she used some intimidation ta- intimidation tactics and pri- probably blackmail as well. Oh, interesting. Yeah. She was known as the voodoo queen, and in her early years of having this title, it was not contested. But it was in her later years. Yeah, that always happens. Those upstart rivals, they show right. up trying to take your title. Yeah, like the ghostly queen. Right. Someone's going to try to Someone's gonna become try. the new co-host of Ghostly. Right. Yeah, you're going to do some spell. Get <laughs> rid of me. Get some new co-host in here, but it's not happening. It's not. No. Okay. <laughs> I'll do a counter spell. So one story I would like to talk about, about a rival of her. Uh, this was in her later years. Uh, there was a rival that built a huge voodoo doll in her backyard. Uh, it was like a statue almost. Wow. Yeah. That's, you're not hiding that. No, she did not want to hide it <laughs> because it was actually like an intimidation thing as well. Okay. And people feared this. It struck fear in the town people. Yeah. Yeah. Your next door neighbor, you look outside one day and they're building this huge voodoo doll. That'd be scary. I grew up with a, with a Buddha in someone's backyard where I lived. Yeah. And- but that's like, but Buddhas are like meditation. Nice. This is like something you stick a pin in to like cause someone pain. It would have to be a really big pin because this was a huge voodoo doll. <laughs> so. Marie Laveau stole the statue nice. or doll or whatever Way we want to call it. it and was actually taken to court for it. Oh, but no. because Marie Laveau was so well-loved and feared, criminal charges never really went anywhere and the statue was ordered to never go up again. Yeah. Yeah. Marie Laveau got remarried though, or not necessarily remarried. Uh, she was just with a guy. Oh, because he was a white man and there were laws that forbid them from getting married. Well, I gotcha. Then. So partnership. I guess, yeah. Well, I mean, that was just an insane law, but yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> this is kind of so she had two children with Jacques. Okay. Two or four. Okay. He was only around for two years though. So yeah, I, I don't know. I'm falling on the two side. Yeah. But, um, but I've heard different different things. Mm-hmm. Guess how many children she had with this new guy? No idea. 15. Whoa, she was busy. She was really busy throughout the rest of her life. Uh, One or more of them was actually named Marie Laveau II. Yeah, there were multiple Marie Laveau, but she would like give them different middle names or whatever, which this is a thing. Like my grandma actually was named after her mother. They actually Mm -hmm. had the exact same first and last name. Yeah. It just... Like just you know, we think it's like a male. There always thing. must be this person in this world. Yeah, yeah, like well, it's like we think it's a male thing, like to have the the junior or the yeah. third. But no, no, women do it too. They just don't bother with the junior and third part. They just want to make it as confusing as possible. <laughs> <laughs> like gotcha. they just were always here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, um, Marie Laveau the second ended up continuing Marie Laveau's work after she died. Oh, okay, so. She was not as well liked, mm. but she was as much feared. Okay. Because the police of the day refused to arrest her for dancing naked mm. for white men because they were afraid she would put a spell on them. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I think that's part of why there's some confusion, right? Because there's Marie Laveau 1 and Marie Laveau 2. Yes. Okay. There are there are both of them, and they it, and it does get confusing in some of the stories. Mm. 
Marie Laveau died on June 15th, 1881. This is Marie Laveau 1. Yes. Okay. She died at the age of 79 years old. Wow. Which in those days was unheard of. Oh, yeah. She it, was one of the oldest women in New Orleans at the, in, in that time. Yeah. It is said that she died with a wicked smile on her face. <laughs> uh, she was believed to be laid to rest in the New Orleans Cemetery named St. Louis Cemetery Number 1, although there is some speculation about that. Oh. I believe it to be true. Okay. Yeah, I had read that the Catholic Church said that she couldn't be buried in the family tomb, that she had to be buried like outside of it and couldn't be marked with the Catholic stuff because she was a Catholic. Like, I mean, she practiced yes. voodoo, but she she did work with the Catholic Church and like considered herself a Catholic oh, as yeah. well. Um, but I've only read that in one source, so I'm not going to say that's We're not going to cite the source even? I think it, I it's the church itself. I for, oh, okay. I don't remember. I, I'll put it in the notes, but... Put it in the notes. Yeah. So people would put an X on the site of her believed tomb. Mm-hmm. This is to ask for favors of her. And the legend goes that you put an X or three, because oftentimes they're in three. It's a big thing with magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, on her tomb, turn around three times, again three, and knock on her tomb and state your wish. Uh, you would usually have to yell this wish out loud. Yes. Okay. That's what typically was done. And if it comes true, you're supposed to put a circle around the X. Mm. So her tomb has been vandalized a couple of times. It sounds like it. One of those times, people poured pink paint on it. Oh. That was recently, actually. Wow. And the voodoo people in New Orleans were really upset because to get the pink paint off of there, they the way that they chose to do this, like sandblasting or something like that, actually removed the X's. Ooh. So, yeah, they were really upset by this. Sure. Also, this is kind of, uh, you know, I did not know about this. And (laughs) now that I do, I kind of chuckle a little bit to myself. On October 17th, 1982, four members of the band, the Misfits, as well as, I believe, 15 other people were arrested for trying to dig up her remains. But they went to St. Louis Cemetery number two. Ah. Also, since New Orleans cemeteries are above ground, due to the water tables being so high, bodies would float away whenever it rained. Uh, This mixed with the very hot temperature means that the bodies are all but ashes after two years. Mm. They're ashes after two years. Yeah. So there would be nothing for them to dig up. No. Well, yeah. I mean, her ashes. Yeah, but they were probably mixed with others. I mean, there's a lot of people in that tomb. Yeah. All the Laveau family. Mm. So how about we take another quick break before we get into the debate? Yeah, that was a lot of history. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Hey, Pat, fall is in the air. Ooh, yeah, it is. Yeah, and that means cooler weather, football, football, and of course, shopping. Shopping? Yeah, back to school shopping, starting college shopping. I got a new job shopping, new season shopping. I just like shopping, shopping. Oh, okay, okay, I get it. Change means time to get some new stuff. 
And I bet our listeners would like some ghostly gear. Oh, yeah. Great idea. What kind of gear are we talking about? I don't know. How about some ghostly t-shirts and sweatshirts? Yeah. And not just ones with the ghostly logo, because those those are really cool. But uh, how about also hashtag Team Believer to really show our team colors? Um, and hashtag Team Skeptic, of course. Mm. So we've got men's and women's styles and even kid and baby sizes. So cute. It is very cute. And I also added a phone case and a water bottle. Nice. (laughs) Where could our listeners get all this great ghostly gear? Mm, That's pretty easy. If you want to get ghostly gear, just go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on merchandise up at the top. Perfect. Go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on merchandise to get your great ghostly gear. All right, so we are back, and it is time for the great debate. Woohoo! Everybody's favorite. All right, so there's a lot of obviously stories about uh, Marie Laveau's ghost. So I've narrowed it down to kind of three areas. Okay. Okay. Um, so the first is actually her grave and tomb. I thought that might be a good place to start because you just mentioned something in the history that I thought might be good for us to talk about, which is this um, idea of putting the X on oh, her grave. Yes, yes. And uh, I read knocking three times, you, I, but I have also read turning around three times, um, state your wish. And then I also had heard that not just do you come back and put a circle on the X, but you have to leave her a tribute yeah, a lot like, of times they leave the tribute beforehand, too. Well, that would make sense. It's like to pay her to do it, because mm. I don't think she would wait until after she was done doing something for payment. That's probably true. She wasn't true. that kind of woman. Yeah, that's really true. She'd expect payment up front. So yeah. um, I will say I was not able to find um, any stories online of people who claim that she granted their wish. Mm. So I was wondering, you said that you did this. yes. What happened? Nothing. <laughs> nothing happened. Uh, yep, nothing happened. Um, and also, too, I would like to <laughs> bring up that uh, I have a picture of, of the tomb, which we will put up on our show notes yeah. from back. This was 2004, I believe, when Was this I went before there. the pink paint? Yeah, this is, yeah, that was like 2012 or 2013. Okay, good. So we can kind of see what it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of X's on it. Not many of them are circled. Interesting. But there are some that are circled. No, I don't think there's any that are circled in my picture. I'm trying to remember what it looks like, but I remember looking at it and thinking, wow, that's odd. There's not many circles on it. Yeah. Well, my, I'm guessing there's at least a few circled. Otherwise, that wouldn't be part of the legend. I don't think in my picture and many pictures that I've seen. I mean, I'm sure that there are some with things circled, and but that doesn't mean that they necessarily came true. People might have misunderstood what they were supposed to do, too. Mm. Yeah, they might have just saw an X with a circle and decided that was what they were supposed to do. Well, I would say my thought is there's probably some people that it came true, but some of that is also like part of spell work or part of magic that we've talked about is this idea of um, focus. You know what I mean? Like you um, focusing on something that you want to be true and kind of putting it out into the universe. And so maybe you're doing it through Marie Laveau, but I I guess I would say my number on this one's kind of low. 
Yeah, so I was gonna put your I was gonna ask you for your ranking of this. Yeah, I'm gonna, so one to ten. Yeah, one being or zero to ten, let's say mm-hmm. zero being absolutely don't believe it. Mm-hmm. Ten being oh my god, this is fact. Right, right. I'm gonna give this a two. A two. Yeah, as far as like it working. I mean, I think it'd be fun. Man, maybe a three. Again, I think if you really push that at heart, I, but I don't think it's Marie Laveau doing it so much as just like you putting it out energy out into the universe kind of a thing. Yeah, that's what I was going to say too. I was going to say that I was going to give this maybe a two or a three as well. And that was my reasoning too, is that, yeah, sometimes you do these kind of things out of need. Yeah. I did a spell once because I lost my dog. Oh. And I wanted to find my dog. And it was, I, you know, he was gone for a whole weekend. Oh, poor puppy. And uh, yeah, I was really scared. He was, you know really docile and he was you know probably not the most aggressive dog so i was afraid he wasn't going to make it out there and um i did the spell and after the weekend he was located now did my spell work or was he was he going to be found if i didn't do the spell work we'll never know (laughs) (laughs) yeah we'll never know but he jumped into someone's car in someone's van Oh, because he because he loved people so much. Oh, a puppy. Yeah. Um, so one more thing with her tomb. Okay. Um, is that people will t- will often associate Marie Laveau with a black crow. So if okay. you they, they say there'll be a black crow either sitting on her tomb or flying over it, um, or they'll say that they even see like her figure or like black mist um, by her tomb. Um, in fact, I think one of the people from Bob After Dark that is i don't know if he's the one that's coming with us or going to be on our live show but um posted on facebook about this that there's like that he's seen oh like miss yeah coming um from behind her grave or maybe just that he's heard yeah people say that um well oddly enough i did see a black crow when i was there see i remember this because it landed right on top of her tomb right in front of me um, but still, my wish didn't come true. I guess my trinket wasn't big enough. Well, I know I no, that's I now I think that is like, I guess some people say that's like her, like listening to you or whatever. But I more often it's just that that's her, like that the crow is her that she morphed into a crow. Oh, okay. When she died, and then she went after Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> <laughs> That's a raven. It all ties this back that together. That is a raven, which uh, I've mm-hmm. recently learned those are different birds. Yeah. Crow <laughs> versus raven. Um, but anyway, so, okay. Well, I was going to maybe go with like a six for this one, but now I'm going eight because you saw the crow when you were there. Okay. So I'm seriously, that's crazy. All right. But my thing is that I saw a crow. I mean- why does that necessarily mean that that's her? Who who decided this? Where's the proof that this is her? Well, because a lot of people, like over the years, that's like a constant thing. If a crow, if crows are always landing on her grave, well, then that's because that's like her symbol. That's her. Uh, no, crows land on a lot of those graves there. They are above ground, so... It's like a whole little city there, and there's crows a lot. There's a lot of crows in the area. I, I don't... I don't think that this necessarily means that, you know, that's her. Because, I mean, you know, like I saw the one crow that landed on top of her tomb, but you know what? There was like five crows around the area, so all five of those crows are her? 
No, but the the crow, like seriously, I do think I'm not saying that she's always every crow, but like I do think that that's like her spirit animal, and you know, a lot of people will tell stories about that, you know, um, that their loved one passes away, and and they always had a um a you know a liking for a particular animal or something and then when you see that animal like it feels like it's a message a message from them yeah well you know oddly enough this week maybe a day or two ago i was woken up by like it felt like 30 crows outside my place and they were like screaming well they really wanted that's to be a heard. murder of crows right it there. is definitely so i'm going to put this at a one for me because wow. to me there's no correlation between this crow and being her. Like if she had said at one point in her life, hey, I'm going to come back as a crow and I will <laughs> land here and do this, then okay, then I'm going to put that up to at least a four. Then. But no, I mean, she just, it's a crow. <laughs> All right. You want to move on to her house? Yes, I do want to move on to her house. Okay. Her house is on St. Anne Street. And I, <laughs> I know you're going to love this one. So she's often seen strolling down St. Anne Street by her house or just around the house in a long white dress with the white seven-knotted handkerchief that she wore in life. Mm, woman in white. Woman huh? in white. Um, and just as a specific story, several places that I went um, claimed that she was seen sitting outside her house on the steps um, right after Hurricane Katrina uh, weeping. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I am on Google right now, and I googled Marie Laveau's house, mm-hmm. and um, both of the houses I have been by. Okay. Um, but there are two different locations that I can't tell which one is which. Which one is actually her house? The first one looks more like it, and it's a gray building. Um. But, you know, I don't know if I could see that being from the 18, early 1800s or something. But, you know, okay, so uh, what I'm going to say, though, is that I think that New Orleans, when you go down there, it, it definitely does make you feel something, make you feel that you have been transported to to a different time, to a different era, it's it's a whole different world there and it's all in the US which is unbelievable to me and um i could definitely see how being there walking in front of her house would make you feel something and i will tell you this that uh the first house if that is it the one that i'm looking at the gray house it does not look like the house is around it mm it's definitely something different. Yeah. Um, I, but as I said, I am not sure. The other one has a is like a brownish building, which I've been to. I want to say it's like a voodoo house now. I was going to say well. I think that's like more like the museum or okay. the like. I've shop. been there too. I think that might have been where I had my reading or right next door to that. Mm-hmm. I know you had to go through like a courtyard and go. It's like. It's very European in its styling where, you know, not everything is in the same, like, house. Gotcha. You have to leave the house, okay. go through a courtyard, do something, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
turn three times, knock on the tomb, and then you're there. <laughs> yeah. So I could definitely see why people would feel that way, but I definitely do not believe that Marie Laveau is there. Mm. I believe that this is the energy that people feel because they're walking by someplace very different in a very just being there you would have to go there you feel something in the air at all times there it doesn't mean marie laveau necessarily and the thing about katrina as sad as it is uh katrina was horrible for new orleans it it changed it completely i've been back since and it's not the same place as it was before Mm. but um you know i really think it was just people relating the story of Marie Laveau to Katrina. I don't I don't think it has anything necessarily to do with Marie Laveau. Mm. I do think that um to me I do believe that she has been seen. Um there are a lot of stories out there. I didn't pull a bunch of individual stories, but um you know, people seeing a figure, not realizing it's her until after, or just kind of seeing um, something, a shadow. Um, but to me, there's just, there's there's a lot of them. And I mean, part of it, I guess I will say this, some of the stories people will say, there's no specific indication it's Marie Laveau. It could be a different spirit, but it's definitely spirit activity. Um the, but because it's around her house, it's just kind of automatically assumed to be her. And I think she was such a strong person in life that it just makes sense to me that her energy would still be around. Well, I just think it's the community um, associates Marie Laveau with New Orleans, and sh- and they should. I mean, she was a part of its history. She helped uh, New Orleans. You know, she was actually national news. She wasn't just local news in in new orleans that's the reason why we talk about her still to this day Mm -hmm. um but i believe that the community just associates that with new orleans and you know i believe that's a great story talking about katrina but i don't think that that was her i i think that the person either made it up or was hallucinating or something. <laughs> I don't, I just don't believe that. I'm yeah. sorry. No, I would say the one about Katrina, I would give it a lower score. Yes. You know, um, but let me just give you two other um, spooky things that happen at the house and then we can kind of vote. Right. Oh, well, or give our okay. Rankings. Give your rating. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Just because th- sometimes it's not just seeing a, a figure. Sometimes people say they see a black mass okay. above the home and smell sulfur. Which, you know, that is a little spooky because that's like, we always associate that with like fire and devil. Uh, they will also say that they see a black cat, which is the ghost of her cat named Hen- Henry or Henri, which is adorable because yeah. I love black cats. Um, they will also see a rooster pecking at the roof or the yard, um, but that the animals disappear when you approach them. She also reportedly had a snake named Zombie. Yes, I've read many stories with that. That's yeah. spooky. Um, so I don't know. What do you think? Would you do you say her house is haunted? Um, Taking out the the Katrina story, we'll keep like let's make that a separate thing. I think the Katrina story gives it more credibility. Actually, really it associates it with an event. Okay, we with can the, keep it with in the there. Katrina story. I'd give it a four. Okay, I would say. I'd be willing to go as high as a four just because 
of the feeling you get when you're there. Mm. But this is all of New Orleans. This is not just her place. Mm-hmm. It's all of New Orleans. And the sulfur smell can be related to a lot of different things going on in that area at that time. Um, there might be someone that owns the house to this day that does voodoo in the house mm. that is lighting stuff with matches and stuff, creating that smell. Um, so, you know, that to me isn't isn't so much the cat. I don't know. I don't really ever believe that you know, people transform into animals after after they die. No, no, I think then... it's the ghost. It's supposed to be the ghost of her animal, not oh, okay. her, of her. Okay, well, yeah, I don't know. I don't really, I, don't, I would love to come up with some great debate for you for this one, but I don't really have one. I just, I'm just gonna say that I just wanna mark this one as I don't believe it. And this is the first time I'm hearing about it. So, I mean, I didn't have time to prepare a written statement about this particular location and stuff. But, um, yeah, I, I'm sorry. But I will give it a four because I believe that that area is rich with magic. Okay. Well, I'm going to give it a seven. Um, like I said, there are several stories of things happening at this house um, throughout the years you know, not just recently. Um, And it just, again, like I said, I do believe she seems like um, has some pretty strong energy, did a lot of things at this house. Um, So yeah, for me, it's a more believable So what was your score again? Seven. Seven, okay. Yeah. We're not far off though. No. Yeah. So I have one last story. Okay. Um, And I I couldn't pass it up. There's stuff about her like dancing in the bayou or whatever, but- this I had to tell you the pharmacy story. Okay. Okay. So this, sorry, let me just, this is from the Encyclopedia of Ghosts and Spirits. Okay. okay. One alleged Laveau ghost sighting stands out. This mm-hmm. is a direct quote. Um, so this is Talent is the last name. Uh, it's Robert Talent, author of Voodoo in New Orleans. It was a book okay. written in the 40s. Okay. Right. So Talent relates the story of an African-American named Elmore Lee Banks who had an experience new St. Louis Cemetery number one. As Banks recalled, one day in the mid-1930s, an old woman came into the drugstore where, where he was a customer. For some reason, she frightened the proprietor, who, quote, ran like a fool into the back of the store, end quote. Laughing, the woman asked, quote, don't you know me, end quote. She became angry when Banks replied, no, ma'am, and slapped him. <laughs> Banks continued, quote, then she jumped up in the air and went whizzing out the door and over the top of the telephone wires. She passed right over the graveyard wall and disappeared. Then I passed out cold, (laughs) end quote. He awakened to whiskey being poured down his throat by the proprietor who told him that was Marie Laveau. All right. Well, I'm wondering if he had whiskey before he went down, too. <laughs> uh, this just seems a little out there. Um, so, okay. First of all, I want to I want to know what your number is before we even do this. What What do you rank in the story as? I'm giving it a six. A six. Okay. A six. Yeah, because I there's actually several stories where she slaps guys. So I I think. <laughs> so you like any story where a girl slaps a guy? That's what you're saying. Well, I'm just saying that just seems in character for her. Um, it's right by her place, and I could see a spirit. Like if a spirit was still walking the earth, thinking that it's still alive, 
um, walking into a store that maybe they used to go to, whatever, you know, used to be, you know, they, it's just the, a spirit acting that out and getting upset that they're, they don't recognize her. And then, you know, zooming off after slapping him. Okay. Well, my thing is that um, all the other people didn't say anything. So this guy said that he got slapped and knocked out. <laughs> and they didn't say anything about it. They just ran. That was it. The proprietor like, took off, man, when just, he saw Marie Laveau walking in his store because he's like, she's dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, but wouldn't there be a lot more accounts of this, though, besides just his account of this? Well, I don't know. I have not heard Maybe anything else about this. If the proprietor ran this. out, he wouldn't have seen it. Yeah. Well, there were there were customers in the store though too, right? I don't know. We didn't. It didn't say. It just says he was a customer in the store. Oh, okay. He was okay. So he was a customer, and I see. I thought I thought he worked there. No, no, no. He was a customer. Okay. The owner, the proprietor, ran yeah. into the back when he saw Marie enter. Okay. Yeah. So, you know what they used to sell at these pharmacies and stuff, right? No. They used to sell the good stuff in the thirties. I don't know about the 30s, maybe. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, so I, you know what? I, I just, this is just a little bit out there for me. <laughs> First of all, to think of physical contact with a spirit. And I know that there's people that say that they've had, they've been scratched by spirits yes. and been harmed by spirits. I have never, never experienced anything like that where I can say legitimately, this has actually happened where a spirit can touch you. Mm. You can feel it. And not only that, she had enough power to knock this guy out. <laughs> out. Like, like out like cold, out where he had to be woken cold. up with whiskey in his mouth. Yes. I, I'm sorry. I give this a one. A one. Okay. Yeah. All right. This is probably the least believable out of all of them to me. <laughs> it is a cool story, though. But it, to me, that's, I mean, just me, you guys believe what you will. I, will. I want you to. Uh-huh. Um, but I, you know what? I think maybe we should just go on to some closing arguments. Let's do it. All right, Rebecca, I am going to give you one minute on my timer on my phone so that you have your last chance to talk to the people and to sway them to your side, to get them to vote with hashtag Team Believer. Yeah, we got to win this one. And I am not allowed to interrupt you during this. Nope. Although it's always tempting. Closing argument I never do. Okay. And also, um, I am not allowed to debate what you've debated in that this isn't that no. these are closing arguments to wrap up our our, our case of you got everything. it are you ready yes all right and go marie laveau haunts new orleans new orleans is a very different kind of city it is a place where i believe spirits feel welcomed to be she herself believed in spirits welcomed spirits, communicated with spirits. And I believe that when she died, her spirit stayed, especially since her daughter um, continued to practice. I think that helped keep her spirit energy close. Um, It's persisted a long time through a lot of things. People have seen her, have seen animals that represent her or were her animals. Um, You know, I, there's, there's, like I said, there's, so many stories out there um, that to me, it just makes sense that her energy would still linger on. I'm, I got it. I'm done. Oh, you're done. Okay. Yeah. 
All right. I'm finished early this time. Wow. Yeah. Okay, well, why don't you hit that timer for me? All right. do my closing arguments. Let's do it. You ready? Yes. And go. So I have no doubt in my mind that New Orleans is filled with magic. But magic doesn't always mean spirits. Magic is a feeling that we have that connects us to the earth. Magic is very grounding. New Orleans is a very grounded area. It is an area where people feel free to do whatever they want. They drink on the streets. They go to all of these bars. They sing. They dance. They, they show off nudity in these areas. Mardi Gras. This is a very magical place, but I don't think it's because of Marie Laveau. Although her presence will always be felt, I do not believe it's her spirit's present. I believe it is just that she's influenced it so much. And that's all I have to say. All right. Wow. Okay. All right. So, wow. Yeah. I, I didn't go into this episode thinking it would be such a packed story. Oh, yeah. No, there. I, here's it. I had never really heard her. I had heard maybe the name before, but yeah. I didn't know her story. And, uh, whoo. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Uh, New Orleans is a great location, and we are going to have so many more New Orleans ghost stories to tell you in the future. Oh, yeah. There's one I'm thinking of right now. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, you can just feel ghostly in the air down there, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Our next episode is going to be great. So, you know, we always talk about how excited we are for the next episode. But that's just it. We love bringing these stories to you and researching them to get them to the core of the story. Yeah, no, it's seriously, that's again, I love finding out new things. I like research. It's fun. Yeah, when I went into the Marie Laveau story, I knew some things. I did not know everything. And that's why I wanted to do it is because I wanted to research out that. Mm -hmm. I wanted to have a reason to do that. You guys give us reason. Yeah. So the next episode will be coming out on August 21st, mm-hmm. and I am really excited about this <laughs> one, are. too. You are. This was your, your idea. This was definitely my idea. It's the 27 Club. Yeah, and I did not know what this was when he said this. I mean, I had heard of it. I just didn't know that was what it was called. You want to tell him what it's about? Okay, well, have you guys ever heard about how there's all these musicians and actors and basically stars that all die when they're 27? 27. 27. So I guess that they're actually called the 27 Club or... And it's basically a question of, are, is there a curse? Yeah. Is there a reason why these people have um, died at the age of 27? Did they sell their souls to become as great as they were? Mm, only to have them taken away. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, spooky. So make your plans to listen to that episode. Make your plans to come out to see us in Elgin if you're around the area at the Elgin French Fest on Saturday, September 14th at 6 p.m. at the Blue Box Cafe. Yeah. And until until next time, as always, stay ghostly. Bye.